This is the Commonwealth City Church Podcast. Thanks for listening. Commonwealth is a church in Lexington, Kentucky. For more info, visit our website at commonwealthcitychurch.com and follow us on Instagram at comcitychurch. We hope you enjoy the message. Bibles, if you know where this is, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and we're going to take a look at verses 1 through 6. And uh, today I have the privilege and the opportunity to talk to you about Invest. We've been going through these past few Sundays about some of our core values. We looked at learn, we looked at worship last Sunday, and today is the word invest. And so we're going to go ahead and take a look at this. One of, the, one of my favorite passages is this passage just because it is so unique. There are so many passages in the Bible that we could share about as it talks about giving. So uh, then why don't we just put the word give up there? I have that question. Wouldn't it be just more simple just to say give well, yeah, I guess we could, but then it misses a point. And the point is that when we give, it really is investing. It really is the opportunity to give with a purpose. And I hope today that we come, and at least this is my objective, is that we might have the opportunity to see that when we give to the kingdom and we invest in the kingdom, it requires an understanding of generosity. It understands that understanding of one is that, well, as a part of this is that it requires us to give, but for a purpose. But then also it requires us to not give up. But then also finally is the opportunity for us to seek God in this and invest in the kingdom. Now, I'm going to do something very strange today is that I'm not going to only ask you to invest, but I'm also, so you might great, oh, this is going to be a sermon about giving. No, today we're going to do something a little different. We're going to be giving money away. Hey, would anybody like to have some money today? We're going to give some money away. We're just going to call it the Kingdom Challenge. That's what we're going to call it. We're going to call it the Kingdom Challenge. And I want to invite all those kids, anybody under the age of 18. If you're under the age of 18, I want you to raise your hand. Anybody under the age of 18? Hey. Great. This is what we're going to do. I am going to invite you. I've already talked to the elders, some of the elders about this. <laughs> I didn't talk to all of them, <laughs> but yeah, I know it. But anyway, is that we want to, as Commonwealth City Church, to invest in you. We want to give you $10 this morning. But the only way that I want you to receive this is that you would accept it as a challenge. That you're going to use this $10 not to go and buy candy but rather to take the $10 and invest it in the kingdom. We would like for you, for an opportunity and a teaching lesson, to take this money and then pray and ask God, God, how can I take this $10 and multiply it for your glory? How can I use it for kingdom purposes? God, what would you have me do with this? I don't know. I have some questions. Well, how could we invest this money? How, what were some ways that we could use these $10? Yes, what do you think? You could buy two cups of coffee. Hey, look at that. <laughs> That's one idea. But the question then, are we just drinking the coffee? Okay. But we want to use then maybe the coffee for what? Maybe the lane of roses. Hey, that's an idea. What are some other ways? What are some other ways we can take the $10? What can we do with the $10? What are some other thoughts? Yes. You can buy Bibles and give them to poor people. 
That would be wonderful. That would be a wonderful kingdom thing. That is awesome. What about this? Maybe for some of the younger kids, what you could do is you can buy supplies and buy, I don't know, make cookies. And then you could take the cookies and then you can then give the cookies away and help share about who Jesus is. Or how about this? You sell the cookies, then take all the, the profits, and then you give all that you gained and give that to the kingdom purposes for whatever purpose that might, that God places on your heart. One of the concepts that we find in Scripture is that when you give, it is good, but when you invest, it multiplies. And so what God is teaching us in this passage is that we have an opportunity not just to give. Oh, no. He wants to invest our life. He wants us to give us something much greater that we really can't contain it. In fact, it's so powerful and it's so big, it's so great, it makes us generous. It makes us want to continue to give. So, this morning, for those of you who are 18 or younger, I want a kingdom challenge you to use that money. Now, what you need to do is you need to look at mom and dad and say, is this okay? <laughs> because they may need to help you in this process to understand how to do and use this money for the purpose of the kingdom and for the purpose of being allowed to multiply and to become generous. So the one thing I don't want you to do, for example, is to go buy a lotto ticket. <laughs> That's speculative. And most people that buy that, they lose. We're not talking about speculation. But we're talking about investing in the kingdom. Because there's this concept, I have a choice. I can use what God has given me. I can use it for myself, and sometimes we do. Or we can use it for the kingdom in greater ways. So let's go ahead and take a look at our passage this morning. And as we take a look at our passage, is just to see some of these core values and, and really just look at it, add it to the heart. This morning, I'm not going to tell you how to give, but I just want us to look at our motivation of why we give. And coming up in a few weeks, we're going to be talking about stewardship and we're going to be talking about some other things in the passage of understanding about giving in and of itself. But I want to talk about this morning just a little bit is about motivation. So here in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's this kind of debate as to what this passage means. It really is a very interesting passage, but if you will stand with me, we're going to read Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and I'm going to read down through verse uh, 6, and uh, it's just really interesting as he gives us this point, this thing to do, and then he's going to describe why we're going to do this thing that he's asking us to do. So let's go ahead and take a look at it. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1. Send your bread on the surface of the waters, for after many days you may find it. That's the thing to do. Verse 2, give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you don't know what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full, they will pour out rain on the earth, whether a tree falls to the south or the north, the place where the tree falls, where it, there it will lie. One who watches the wind will not sow, and the one who looks at the clouds will not reap. Just as you don't know the path of the wind or how bones develop in the womb of a pregnant woman, so you don't know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed, and at the evening, do not let your hand rest, because you don't know which will succeed, whether one or the other, or if both of them will be equally good. 
God, as we come before you today, we know one thing, and that is you are good. There are so many things that you control, but there's also something that you have given, and that we might understand these principles of generosity, that we might not just give, but we might not just, just think about our money, but invest our life invest everything that we are. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. So as we take a look at this passage, it's interesting here in the book of Ecclesiastes, it was written by a, by a king by the name of Solomon. Anybody ever heard of Solomon? Um, he is known for a king who was very young when he became a king. And what he asked God was, you know, I could ask for a lot of things. I can ask for money. I can ask for wealth. But you know what God would do is I'm going to ask for, does anybody remember what he asked for? Wisdom. And so therefore God says, you have asked correctly. That's a very good prayer to ask for wisdom. In fact, the Bible says that for those who ask for wisdom, he gives it. And so, therefore, God gives Solomon not only wisdom, but then also wealth. It's kind of interesting that this passage then shows up, does it not? In chapter 10, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, it's all about folly, the folly of man, the man who sees things that are very, very strange. And in fact, it's all about the person. It's all about being the one. It's all about this idea of folliness. It's really about selfishness. And it's about, hey, what am I going to do for self? What? And then he comes up with this idea in chapter uh, 11, and he says, invest your life. This is the way to live. This is the opportunity that we have. So here we have in here in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and it's not talking about selfishness, but how do we live unselfishly? We have a statement of verse 1. It's, this is really kind of strange. It's, what is this thing that we're supposed to do? We're supposed to send our bread on the surface of the water for many days you may find it. What? I used to do this as a kid. I'd take bread and cast it on the waters, and what I was doing is I was feeding ducks. Is that what he's saying? Is he saying we're supposed to be feeding ducks? It's good for the ducks. (laughs) Not really sure how that's supposed to come back, though. So what does this mean? Well, there's kind of interesting. There's been this debate going on um, as to what this kind of means. And some say it has to do with with investing. Um, And it can. Some of these passages, some of these interesting um, texts here can have to do with investing. Investing financially and investing in different ways. But it's not talking about that. You see, the idea of, the, of, this, of this whole text in here has talking about sowing and reaping. What does sowing and reaping have to do? It has to do with farming, right? Okay. So it has this picture of farming. It has this picture of not knowing what the rain's going to do, not knowing what the wind's going to do. So what am I supposed to do with this bread? And I'm supposed to cast it on the water? It's actually bread is a picture of something. Bread is of something of value. It's something that you can hold in your hand. So instead of taking and holding it in your hand or maybe eating it, what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to invest it. You're going to throw it into the water. Well, if you think about what bread is, where does bread come from? Bread comes from what? Wheat. It's a grain. What are some other types of seeds? Maybe some that might be thrown in the water. Rice. 
So this idea, this concept of cast your bread upon the water is actually an, a, a, an agricultural term in the sense of I'm going to take my rice, and it seems really, really strange to me, but I'm going to actually take the rice and I'm going to cast it in the water, and it's going to fall in the depths of the water. It's going to disappear, but because it disappears, it's actually going to germinate in the soil, and then what comes out of that? A plant. A plant comes out of that. And then this plant, what does it do? It brings forth fruit. It brings forth, forth rice. This is the picture of what we see. This beautiful picture of this idea of we have an opportunity with what we've been given to do something that's very, very strange. Because it really is very strange that I would take something that I could eat right now and fill my stomach. Otherwise... I might delay that, and I might cast and do something that seems very unnatural to me, but at the end, God can take that, and he can do something wonderful, and he can take something and do something beautiful, and it's a picture that we have, and maybe in the way we live our life. It really is kind of interesting as we start taking a look at this text, some of the things that I've been seeing I love this text as it relates to investing. It has to do with being generous because that's what, what God is. And so if we think about this, do we have, I don't know, maybe a passage of Scripture that help us to understand about how, I don't know, somebody has invested in us. Has there been anybody invested in you? I don't know, maybe your parents, maybe your parents maybe invested in you? Do you have any kids here you feel like your parents have invested in you? As a parent, I've invested in my children. <laughs> I know this full well. I can show you the receipts. <laughs> I can show you in the time spent. And why? Because I want my children to flourish. I want my children to grow. I want my children to mature. I want my children to move out of my house. Oh, they have. <laughs> I want my children to grow and them themselves be able to then also be a part of God's activity by which they then have families of their own and they raise up wheat and they raise up fields of harvest and they invest in their children. And so what we see here, though, is we see this beautiful picture. There's somebody else, though, has invested maybe... I don't know, you might know this passage, and it's John 3, 16. Would you, would, you, would you repeat this with me slowly? For God so loved that he, what? Gave. Wow. What a beautiful picture. For God so loved that he gave. He gave a little bit of money. Is that what he gave? He gave his life. He gave his son. He gave everything that he had. The most valuable, valuable thing that he had, he gave for us. He gave himself. And so it's interesting that this becomes our motivation. It becomes our understanding is that because of what Christ did for us, while we're yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us, that we might have life. What happened was that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, 
but have eternal life. Because you see, what people don't understand is that without Jesus, they're going to perish. They're going to go down into the water. They're going to die without Jesus. But they have an opportunity to receive and to receive this life that brings them up again. And this beautiful picture of we are casting our lives one way or the other. The question is, will it return? Will it return to us? Will it return to God? And this is the picture we see not only in the first or Old Testament, but also in the second or the New Testament. And so we understand that this is our motivation. Generosity gives, and that really is my first point. This is what generosity does. It gives from a hardened understanding of what God has done for us. Take a look at verse 2. As we take a look at verse 2, what we see here is God, is rather, verse 2 is, is give. <laughs> Generosity gives. Give, that's the first word of verse 2. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you don't know what disaster may happen on the earth. What? <laughs> Now, somebody who's investing or is in, in the idea of, of investing might understand this is that it's called diversification, is that you, you, you put this in different places, right? Is that because you don't know what's going to happen. But actually, is, this, is a prob- this is really true about life. This is really true about life in general. You don't know it. Does anybody know what's going to happen today, this afternoon? You think you do, right? But we don't. We don't, really. So here he says, I want you to give portions of seven. I want you to give portions of eight. So it could be about diversification, but if you look in the text, and if you look at the scriptures, it actually points to something even more beautiful and astounding. So how do we understand the idea of this giving to seven or giving to eight? Well, one thing you do is you can look in the Bible and look in the text, and you can actually do a search about the number seven or the number eight. And what will you find? Well, first, the number seven. If you look in the scriptures and you find anything, is there anything about seven? Can you think of anything about seven, anybody? Anything about seven, the number seven? What? Completion, okay. Anything happened in seven days? Creation. So God said after seven days, he rested and he completed. It was completed and it was done. So we have this picture that found in several different places within Scripture, this number seven. And it has this picture of seven and God's completion. It's good. And then something happened on the eighth day, the beginning of a new week. Actually, the number eight is you take a look at the Scriptures and you take a look at the passage What we see is that in several places, the number eight has to do with, guess what, new birth. As the scriptures say, after Jesus was crucified on the cross, what happened on the next day, Sunday? Sunday would be the what day? Eighth day. So it's this new creation and this new process and this new idea of something that was thrown and forgotten, but yet has come back to new life. It's like casting our bread. And in fact, this is what God did. God took the bread of life and he cast it down. And so there might be a return. And so what we have is this beautiful picture in which the bread of life 
was cast. It's also interesting, there is this phrase exactly. (laughs) It's really pretty. And in fact, if you want to turn with me, you can in Micah chapter um, 5. It's really interesting because this is a prophecy about the Assyrians who are going to come and they are going to capture Israel. And this is a prophecy from Micah. But I want to ask you a question. Who does this really sound like? It may sound very specific to the people in that day. But here in Micah chapter 5, and as we take a look at this text, I want to make sure I get started in the right place here. Micah chapter 5 verse 1. Now daughter who is under attack, you slash yourself in grief. A siege is set against us. They are striking the judge of Israel on the cheek with a rod. Bethlehem, Ebreth, you are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. His origins is from antiquity, from eternity. Therefore, he will, ab- he will abandon them until the time when she who is in labor. Here we go. Another, another idea of this labor, or and the same as here in Ecclesiastes. He who is in labor, she has given birth when the, when the rest of his brothers will return to the people of Israel. He will stand and shepherd them in the strength of Yahweh and the majestic name of Yahweh, this God, his God. They will live securely for then his greatness will extend to all the ends of the earth. Does it sound like somebody you know? Jesus. This is a picture of Jesus. There will be peace when Assyria invades our land, when it marches against our fortress. We will raise against it seven shepherds, even eight leaders of men. So there's this picture. This picture of seven and of eight. This picture of death. The Assyrians invade. And a picture of life. Where things are newborn in this new creation because of individuals that God will raise up for a beautiful thing. So we have this picture that we find in the scriptures that helps us to understand this this portion of seven and portion of eight. And so um, when we think about these different things that what God is, is asking us to do, I hope that we understand is that, wow, what he's asking us to do is to give generously, just as like the Bible says, But also there's another text that's really interesting about this birth, this process of death and birth. Is you remember Jesus? He said something very important to us, and we find this in John chapter 12. John chapter 12 and verse 23. Um, It's I'm gonna save this uh, for just a second because I want us to see our next point in that. In the midst of generosity, generosity doesn't give up. Generosity doesn't give up. If you take a look at verse 3 and 4, when we, we hear in, um, in Ecclesiastes, let me find my place again. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. If the clouds are full, they will pour out rain on the earth, whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, the place where the tree falls, where it will lie. One who watches the wind will not sow, and the one who looks at the clouds will not reap. 
What's that telling us? So many times we can be stopped because of the things that we see. I don't know if this has happened to you, but I see certain things that are going around. Anybody ever watch the stock market and you see it going up and going down and going up? You see your house prices, they go up and they go down and they go up. And so it's almost, what does it create? It creates this stagnation or this fear that, wow, what should I do with this? And so for a farmer, our ag friends back there, Ben can probably tell us what farmers do, <laughs> is they like to watch the, the wind, and they can watch the clouds, and they can watch the rain, and they say, oh, this is going to be a good day. So, no, I don't know if this is a good day. This could be a good day for reaping. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if this is going to be a good day or not, because you never can tell what's going to happen. I might need this. So what happens is fear can, handle, can, can come into our hearts. And what happens is that then we stop doing the very thing God invites us to do because we become fearful of what might happen next. So what I find is interesting is that this is the picture that we see is that do I really want to take this rice that I can eat right now and throw it in the water? What happens if it doesn't come back? What happens if it doesn't sprout into more rice? Maybe then it would be better if I hold on to this rice. Maybe it would be better for me to go ahead and eat this rice now because tomorrow we may die. That's pretty drastic. <laughs> but have you ever been stopped by fear? Have you ever stopped giving or investing because, well, you know, I've got this bill tomorrow, or I've got this thing coming up here next month, or you know this inflation, we really don't know about this inflation thing, do we? So what it can do is cause fear in our heart, and what God is telling us, I believe, in these scriptures is don't sit there and watch the rain. If a cloud is in the sky and it's full, we can see that, right? But we don't know if it's going to rain here or if it's going to rain down there. If a tree falls, it may fall to the north, it may fall to the south, it may fall on my car, but it may not. See, in these things, we can't control these things. But there is something we can control, and that is how we respond to the situation. Do we respond in fear or do we respond in love? Do we give just a little bit or do we give because we want to be generous? Do we, do we invest in the kingdom or do we think about, you know, I just don't know if I can do that. We've got plenty of examples in scripture. Remember the widow who came and gave her two coins because that's all she had? She gave out of a love for God. If we're not careful, we will end up being like the Proverbs. There is one who scatters and yet increases all the more. And there is one who withholds with what is justly due. And yet it results only in want. Interesting proverb. Because in our heart, if we stop our hearts from investing... 
It's because we want what we have now. And actually what it produces in our heart is more want. But when we give and we invest, guess what it produces in our heart? It produces in our heart a generosity to give more, to scatter more, because it's going to come back. That's a spiritual principle of God's economy when we give it for kingdom purposes. Sometimes I just get so tired. I just wonder if I'm going to make it. Here's another passage. We talked, it talks a lot about this, right? Investing. This investing in the kingdom. Galatians chapter 6, verses 8 through 10. Because the one who sows to his flesh reaps destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those belonging to the household of faith. So that we have an opportunity not to give up, especially on the household of faith. That we can invest in others. You know, there's some really interesting passages of Scripture that gives us an opportunity. I'm going to ask this question. I want you to think about this for right now. But what are ways in which we can invest? Because you may think this is just about money, and it's not. It's about our time and our treasures and our talents, right? Because there's a lot to invest here. Now, we're going to be doing the kingdom challenge, but it's not just for the children, right? No, I'm not going to be giving you $10, all of you. <laughs> But what I want you to do is understand the principle of the kingdom challenge. It's not about $10. It's not about that. That's a convenient tool to hopefully help us to understand a very important principle. But rather to give something greater than that. Because if we truly, truly don't give up, something great happens. I love this text as John chapter 12. As Jesus replies about his death. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But it dies, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life will lose it. Well, that's bad. Doesn't that seem bad to you? It's like putting, putting I don't know, bread on the water. If but it says, it continues on, whoever loves his life will lose it. You're going to lose it anyway. But whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, my, and where I am my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now, and he talks about this, my soul is troubled Jesus is heading to the cross. His soul is troubled. Having a troubled soul is not new. It happens to us. It happened to Jesus. He continues. Now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It is for this purpose that I have come to this hour. 
Father, glorify your name. And so we see Jesus as this kernel of wheat that is willing to die, be cast into a pit, that he might be raised from the dead, that he might give life. Have you ever thought about how much God has invested and he has, he has placed such investment in us because he knows that sometimes some of this may not come back to him. That's a part of where this faith kicks in. And this understanding of a very important principle is that I have to have faith to take this seed and cast it into the water that something good's going to come of it. I have to have faith that on the other side, there's a possible reward that's better than what I'm holding into my hand right now. Do we believe that? Do we believe in that kind of faith? Because what God is asking us to do is to invest our life. He's asking us and inviting us and doing something a part of what he is doing. Here in verse 6, um, in the morning you sow your seed, in the evening do not let your hand rest. So um, because you don't know um, which will succeed, whether one or the other um, or both, we will find equally good. So in other words, it's saying, hey, do whatever it is that God places in your heart, but do it for a purpose. But don't give up in well-doing. Do it for the household of faith. So when we talk about investing, how can we invest? What is it that we have to invest, right? Where can we invest it? I don't know. Give me some ideas. What things do we have that we can invest? Anybody have any ideas? Time. I would say it's the only commodity we really have, time. We'll trade time for money. It's called work, right? We'll trade time for money to buy things, which are called treasures, <laughs> right? All right, so time, good. What else? What else do we have that we can invest? Ideas? Money, right? Talents, right? There are skills, yeah. What? Food. Absolutely. Food. So how can we invest it and what areas can we invest it in? I don't know. How would you kingdom invest? What are the possibilities? How can we invest in the kingdom? What does that look like? Maybe it looked like a cup of coffee and having a conversation, just like what Lenny Roses is talking about. Maybe it's about investing in relationships. You know, we have this thing called family groups, and one of the things that people don't realize if you're not involved in a family group is that, you know what, there's a great deal of benefit from coming together to study the Word of God together because we have an opportunity to wrestle with the text. And at the same time, we're investing in relationships so we can invest our time. So when we think about this investment in the kingdom, there's a lot of different ways we can invest in it. We can serve, right? We can serve in different aspects within the, the church community. There's a bunch of people going around and running around the campus this uh, past week and this coming week, and they're going to be investing in other people. They're going to be making food, and they're going to be doing all kinds of stuff, and why are they doing that? 
They're doing that to build relationships. They're doing that to build relationships so they can have conversations and they can, can help people to understand who Jesus Christ is. So this morning, I hope we understand that we have an opportunity to invest our life in something. And may it be for the kingdom. There are many different organizations that you give to, and I'm not saying don't give to them. But we have an opportunity to invest. For example, some of the things that have been, have, have been happening in eastern Kentucky, some of the flooding or the tornadoes, different places. And we want to do something, and so we give supplies and we do things. Did you know that there's an organization called Disaster Relief through the Kentucky Baptist Convention? And so that if you want to give, you can give to this organization. But not only do they provide meals and they provide showers and they provide a whole host of different guys with chainsaws go out there and help people and take down trees or mud out or do these other things. But they also invite and, and involve chaplains to share the gospel as they go. It is a good thing to help somebody in need. But it's an even better thing to help somebody in need, not only physically but spiritually. What good does it do for us in the long run to pull somebody out of the mud but what, what they really may need is to be pulled out of the spiritual mud and to come to faith in Jesus Christ. So this morning, as I conclude, I want to give you this challenge, and I'm going to close with this story. There's a man who's walking through the desert, and he is so thirsty. He is just dying and dying of thirst, and he, he is just praying to God, God, please, please, please help me with some water here. So he comes on this little mirage, and he comes up to this mirage, and he sees, oh, I could be saved. And so he comes over to the mirage, and all of a sudden he comes up, and there is this pipe sticking out of the ground. And there's a gallon of water next to the pipe. He says, ah, oh, a gallon of water. And he grabs the gallon of water, and he's getting ready to drink the water, and all of a sudden he sees a sign. The sign says, you have a decision to make. You can drink water that's in the gallon now. Or if you take the gallon of water and pour every single drop down the pipe, this is a pump, and you will prime the pipe. And then you can have as much water as you want. It comes back to this faith. Do I really trust the sign? Do I really trust that I have to dump all that whole gas? Can I drink like a cup? <laughs> Do I really have to pour all this water down in the pipe to prime the pump? Do I trust? Do I have faith when it looks like this rusty pipe? And this is the dilemma that we find ourselves in. This is our choice. Will we choose to trust God and his word to understand that there may be some things that we can gain in this life, but in the end, we're going to lose it, all of us, every single one of us. Or we have an opportunity to invest our life in something that matters, something that's important. There are some people that are coming on campus and they're going to be investing in their education, right? And I think it's because what they want is a whole lot of debt on the other side and then not be able to pay their bills. Is that what they're wanting? 
They're hoping that their education is going to provide them an opportunity then to have a better life, to have an education and to learn. So if we think about it, we have a lot of opportunities to invest. We do it quite a bit. But the question, when we're sitting down, when our life is over, whatever long that is, have we invested in things that matter? Have we invested in things that really make a difference? Is it something we do sparingly? Well, then understand that you're going to receive sparingly. The choice is yours. It's mine every single day. I challenge you to be a kingdom purpose and a kingdom person that understands the words that we see in the text. Cast your bread on the waters. And then in time, it will come back to you. Give from a heart of generosity. Give with a purpose. Invest. Invest in the kingdom. Commonwealth City Church, I believe, is one of the best investments. Because it, I can't, I, I'm going to brag on you guys. <laughs> There's a lot of people making a lot of relations and a lot of love that comes from this congregation called Commonwealth City Church. But I hope it doesn't stop there. I hope our mindset and our heart leads us to other conversation and other ways to build the kingdom. Because he's calling us to be kingdom people. This morning as we think about how God has invested us, he's, he has come to this place of, well, he gave his life. We get to celebrate that as we think about the Lord's Supper. We want to invite you to think about the investment God has placed in you. And that would be a transformed heart and a life in Jesus Christ. If that is the place that you've come to. If you have not come to faith in Jesus Christ, if you have not understood this process by which we need to die to sin self in the world, to repent and turn from those things, that we might receive Jesus and come into life with God. This is what he's talking about, that we can be so much more fruitful, so much um, better off than we were before knowing Jesus. We want to invite you to that. That's far better. That's far more important. But as a part of this today is that we would be kingdom people. So, kids, <laughs> as far as this $10, have you, have you at least looked around to your mom and dad or somebody and said, hey, this is okay, you think we can do this? Maybe you, as a family, bring those $10 challenges together and do something with it as a family. But what's going to happen is uh, Trey is going to make it rain back there. <laughs> And so he has some $10 bills for all of those who are interested in taking the challenge and seeing how God might use that $10 and cast it in a certain way and so that it might come back more fruitful. And But in your heart, pray, all right, what, God, what do you want me to do with this money? Well, we want you to give it all 
to God in some way and whatever that may look like. And maybe your parents can help you understand what that might look like. But that each one of us, that we would invest our lives. Would you pray with me? Lord, as we come before you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your love and provision. How you have showed us great things. You have motivated us. You, while we're yet sinners, you said in scriptures, Christ died for us. He demonstrates his love for us in this way. And that this may motivate us to give generously, not just a few dollars here and there, but to invest our life. That sometimes when we see the clouds and they are scary, we wonder if the trees are going to fall our way. We wonder about, you know, there's a baby growing in that, in that lady's belly, but Lord, when is that going to happen? Because we really, I don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty, Lord. There's a lot of uncertainty about this, but that we act as people of faith and invest in your purposes and your plan. Thank you, Lord, for investing in us. It's in Jesus' name, every day, may we invest our lives for the kingdom wherever we go.